right, guys, and welcome back to the FSM video podcast. I'm your host, Will Schultz, the lead video sales and marketing consultant at Impact. I am once again joined by the ever-brilliant Mariah Anderson. Hi. Wow. I'll take that. <laughs> brilliant. Ever brilliant. That just came. I came. <laughs> I'm about it. <laughs> And, and today we are joined by one of my most excited guests to have on here, the man, the myth, the legend from Canada, Mr. Sean Horsfall. He is a previous client of mine and somebody that's been creating video now for, what is it, four or five months, Sean? Yeah, I think our first video um, was about somewhere in July. Um, so thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid uh, here in the frozen north uh, on impact and um, really happy to be a part of what you guys do here because it is uh, very, very powerful stuff. Awesome. We appreciate the kind words. The topic of today's video is the fact that there is no such thing as too small of an organization and too low of a budget to start making effective video for sales and marketing. And so, Sean, before we dive into the weeds, can you give us a quick snapshot of how you found They Ask You Answer and your journey of meeting Marcus Sheridan and then what you've done so far just in the last few months to start to rock video on YouTube and your website? Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to the uh, MRAA, which is the Marine Retailers Association of the Americas. <clears throat> they are a... Um, group of, of marine dealers from across, across North America, and they do an annual conference, just like many businesses do. And for the last three or four years, Marcus has been a speaker there. And um, he, right off the bat, started talking. That was, I think it was pre-impact days. He was doing, for him, he was doing sales line. And he would preach about, um, they ask, you answer. He was just getting the book off the ground. And um, there were a lot of, you know, nodding heads and yeah, that sounds great. But, um, and I was one of those nodding heads. I didn't really, um, I knew that was the way to go. And I thought this would, uh, you know, be hugely beneficial. So um, I made the uh, connection that we could get our intern who had, or I should say uh, one of our empl past employees who was a retail person in our store um, that he um, had uh, some, just gone to school for video marketing and uh, video production. And he was super excited that I was offering him this job. And he started in April, uh, end of April, early May, uh, we started doing some, uh, we started working with Impact, which was a huge deal. Uh, that um, kind of gave us the footing of what we should work on first. And uh, Will was there to coach us along, and we started very slowly making a couple of videos. Um, so, what were some of the struggles that you might have faced as you were getting started with video in general and starting to build up that culture and, and get videos off the ground? Well, I think there are two struggles. One was the the struggle of understanding um, what was needed and and how we do it and and how we'd structure our day and and the kinds. Of the videos that we should be shooting and, and how to, you know, how to put them all together. And those were, those were just us learning, um, you know, what might work in, in the YouTube world and the video world. And then there's the struggle that I come against all the time when I pick up a project, which is I am, you know, wearing a thousand hats. So as a business owner, um, 
that has a relatively small team uh, fitting in, and his name was Ben, fitting Ben into my daily schedule for shooting video uh, definitely was a challenge. May is our peak season. We will do about 20% of our business in 9%, about 25% of business in 9% of the year. So there's a lot of volume. It's essentially like any highway in any major city at rush hour. You can't put much more through it. So uh, it made it very interesting because he could always capture stuff going on, but it made it very hard for him and I to coordinate our work. So how did you get ahead of those challenges? So we went into a slightly quieter season, which is our peak season, which is you know July and August. And I think that helped. I think launching it right when we are at our most... So I would say to anyone who is starting this is think really hard about the time of year you want to start it. If your business is really cyclical like ours is, um, you don't want to maybe do it in the real downtime because there's not enough possible content for you to shoot. And yet picking the absolute most busy time of your year would probably, there were lots of times where I thought, you know, can we even do this? Is it worth doing? And uh, so that was, a, that's a bit of advice I would give you is really think, you know, there's lots of factors. What are you going to do? Who's going to do it? And when do you start? Um, and the other thing is that you've got to start because it is 100% worthwhile. So you no longer have this person as your videographer, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So once I, once Will and I started seeing the potential and we started putting our foot on the gas, um, that kind of spooked Ben because we were, you know, I'm not a particularly demanding guy, but I was starting to make ideas of how many videos we wanted to produce a, a month. And I think Ben's idea was very casual and part-time. So he, um, resigned. Um, and that kind of left us in this great position, you know, that it, it was a failure because I failed to realize who the right person was for the bus. Um, and, uh, I reached out to someone, um, Natalie Alport, who is a past, uh, Canadian, um, snow downhill uh, snowboarder and uh, uh, cross, a race crosser and she has this social media company I said where can I find a videographer and she had someone on staff who was just leaving her and transitioning out and um, so and was a friend so she came out to his her cottage and uh, we met and um, had this immediate connection because he had spent time on the water, uh, kind of understood the industry a little bit. Um, and uh, it was a, a match made in heaven. Um, one of the cool things about it was that one of the challenges for us was that we couldn't fit in a full, like on a work day when I was working with Ben, it was really hard to find time to do a video. But with Jeremy, who is the person I hired, he wasn't an employee of Lens Cove. I, I hired him as a freelancer and we would book off a, what we would call a super day. And Will and I coined that term of a day of video shooting. And we would pre-write all the scripts and we would plan the B-roll in advance. We would plan the YouTube titles and what we were going to go for. And then we would just intensely do a day's worth of filming. Uh, the great thing about that is, is it took me a day to organize, to write the scripts, to do the research on what we wanted to write. Took a day to shoot and film. Uh, and then basically he took all that back to home and we worked on it um, remotely together. And that worked out way better than trying to do it a little bit at a time. And so the pivot to go from this 
this part-time uh, summer intern to a freelancer that you got to, instead of sort of half wearing that hat all day long, you instead got to just pick a, a, a couple parts of the week so that we could just nail a super day down and do like somewhere between seven and 10 videos in only a few days time actually was a way more successful method for you to get your, your headspace where you needed to be to create effective sales and marketing videos. Is that right? Yeah. So we were um, a team of uh, 18 year round and uh, we grow to about 50 in the peak season because we have a restaurant and our docks are busy. So it, um, it's a lot for one person to general manage and, you know, be a salesperson and all the other things that you do as a business owner. And that pivot point was the, was the turning point because I think if I hadn't have pivoted and found Jeremy, I, I think it, Oh, I know that the success of the videos wouldn't have been the same. And I, I, I don't know that I would have lost interest, but I certainly wouldn't be near as excited as I am now. And, and now we're, you know, we're looking at what the future holds and what content we need to develop. And this now is becoming part of our culture. And that's the key in any organization, whether you're small or large, is having, uh, you know, have the rest of your team buy in. And I know Will and I talked about, you know, how would you get people in front of the camera and how, how in some ways for you, Will, it was a lot easier, even though my timing was tough to nail down. Um, once you have my attention, there was, I was the decision maker. I was a creative director. I was the star in the films and uh, in the video. So it, it was, it really, when it worked, it really worked. I'm so glad too, Sean, by the way, that you know, even though maybe you didn't have necessarily the best experience when you got started and it, it wasn't working out as efficiently as maybe it should have, you didn't give up on the, no, I'm, I'm going to make this work for my organization. I think that's probably um, <laughs> sorry, uh, an issue that companies face is they try it. It doesn't work. It's too hard. And then they give it up. But like you kept your foot on the gas and made it work. So yeah. And I, I had already determined, you know, our, my vision was the first part of the vision was that I wanted to use the videos to um, um, to earn the trust of our or our customers and our potential customers before they walked in the door. Marcus had a story about when he first started doing this, and he uh, would show up at the door that he had the aha moment. The light bulb went off when he showed up at the door. A child opened the door and said, "Hey, mom, the pool guy's here." And I remember him telling that story and I remember how, how I wanted that to be the same for us here at Lens Cove. Cause in a lot of ways, you know, pool, boat, a lot of it's disposable income. It's a want, not a need. And people research the heck out of this stuff. So I wanted to get that trusted advisor state. And then I started once that happened and, and we did have those aha moments in the fall where I would be talking to a customer and they, and I said, Oh, whatever the question was that came up, I said, Oh, I have a video on that. And he looked at me and said, I've already watched it. And that was an awesome moment. And I just went to the Toronto international boat show. Uh, we didn't display there, but I went there to talk to our colleagues and it, I picked a quieter day so that I could talk to people who were in the industry and see what was going on. And I wouldn't be uh, remiss in saying that about 50 people said, I love your videos. You're doing a great job. And so it's wow. definitely, um, 
it gets noticed. It gets noticed in your industry and gets noticed by your customers. And uh, it's um, it's tough finding that time. It's tough, um, but it's worth it. Sean, you have no idea how much that excites me to hear that people are recognizing you at the boat show now. And and I love the fact that even just years ago, you were thinking about how do I go from seeing Marcus be the pool guy to me being the boat guy. And in so many ways, you guys have parallels to each other. But the one that I think is most important to your success is the fact that you're so agile because the team is small and you're the one that's owning the the marketing philosophy and the endeavor that there's no roadblocks for you. There's no one to go make approval decisions with or anything. You just get to go do what you know is the best thing to do for your customers. And that's why you've had this clicking moment better than almost any other client that I've worked with from, from just an acceleration standpoint to actually show ROI on what you're doing so fast because you're absolutely owning it yourself. And what I want to do right now quick is, is just do a snapshot of the present. Like, where have you come in the last five months? How many videos have been created? What's happening with your YouTube channel and with your website? And where do you see things going in the next two to three months? So we, it started off very slow. Um, we had a YouTube channel that had some pretty basic videos on there. It had some old historical stuff that one of my past employees had made. And it was there for the sake of being there, to be honest. And uh, once we put up the first couple of videos, we saw a slight improvement. You know, the numbers were were paltry. They were, you know, we, they went from, you know, five views a day on the channel to 10, uh, which is, you know, 100% gain, but still not very exciting. And uh, then as we added more and more videos, those numbers crept up slowly. They were slow. And then there was this magic moment in time uh, right around Christmas where uh, typically speaking, the boat industry is very dead. And um, one of our, for you know, lack of a better term, one of our videos went kind of viral and, um, you know, for our space, not like uh, TMZ viral, but um, certainly got a lot of attention and the numbers just went through the roof from a percentage standpoint to the point where we, as of now, we are um, the number two boat source by a marina or boat dealer in North America on YouTube. Uh, there's only one um, company that has more YouTube channel uh, authority and traffic, and that's Marine Max. And they're like a 85 location uh, marine juggernaut that's publicly traded uh, on the stock exchange. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and what I would say is that our smallness was the strength. And anyone who's thinking about doing this, thinking, you know, I don't know how I would get started. If you're already a big company, it's probably going to be a little more challenging for you because of all those layers of things you have to go through. But if you're small and 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 you want to own your space, it's there for the taking. Um, and one of the other things that I would say was a huge benefit, you know, Mariah, you were saying, you know, it's good that you failed and then came back. Well, um, that's my nature. And yet one of the things that helps that is when you're writing a check to impact every month uh, for consulting and you have a certain time period that you're under contract for, you want to make it work. And I've heard so many times when people invest the money to do it right, you have that motivation to do Right, but if you don't find a partner to, are trying to do it all on your own, it's really easy to back out of because you don't have a voice on your shoulder saying where are those videos, and you don't have your accounting department saying you just spent money on something. 
Um, then it's just you and you can make that decision to quit, but put, put a couple things in there that make quitting a little harder and it will pay dividends. Yeah, that's huge. Having that accountability partner, even if it isn't an agency that you're working with, if you have a business partner or somebody internally who can hold you accountable and make sure that it could be internal. Um, real quick. So in terms of when you got started to, when you started to see that success in December, uh, how long, how long was that again? Like what was that ramp up time? It's about six months. And, and now as we are getting, like, I, I took a look at where our YouTube channel was a year prior in December to where it was, um, in the peak boating season and, or the peak buying season in April to May. And the, you can see that there's a, about, um, you know, a tenfold of traffic. The numbers were really small, but there was even without any optimization of our videos or any really good content at all, we were getting 10 times the views during the peak. So that's really exciting because I think that we have, I'm just about to, the growth was amazing in December and I think it's going to continue through our peak season. What have been some of your most successful videos that you guys have done? Uh, there's no question that when you start talking about the problems of things, uh, they get more hits. Um, our biggest video is called the uh, common problems of pontoon boats. And I got a little magic there because pontoon boats are likely the largest market seg segment of uh, pleasure craft boating uh, in North America. When people are in the consideration stage, they're thinking about, you know, what could go wrong? Why, why might I not want to do this? Or can I go into this purchase with my eyes wide open? And I, I experimented with some other problem videos and haven't quite hit that level yet. I haven't seen them ramp up, but there was something about that one that really resonated. And um, so I'm starting to experience or experiment with themes off of that um, to, uh, to continue to build that side of the channel. Yeah, Sean, I think you're someone who's lived the job for so long. Like I said, you're the third generation of somebody operating Lens Cove Marina. And so you know what the purchase means to people. In a lot of ways, this is you're selling somebody their dream that's been there for a long time. And so I think I've seen you learn so quickly how to adapt the content that you're making to speak even more clearly to the audience that you're educating and, and knowing what it means to them. I mean, I, I sort of have that about camera equipment 90% of the time where I get so excited about a new piece of gear that I'm all of a sudden watching videos that just to just to keep reinforcing the fact that I want the thing. And that's where I think people get lost in boating videos is because they're so excited about the potential for the purchase that like they want to consume as much as they possibly can with it. And who they're learning from is everything about who they're building trust with. Yes, there's a ton of knowledge. And, and here's, you know, as an owner, third generation, we've been here for 62 years. Sometimes it's really hard to get that across, particularly when you meet a customer for the first time and they, they, you know, no one buys from someone they don't like, and then they move from like to trust and then the price and product and all the rest of that stuff. So if you can preemptively work on the like and trust, uh, or maybe weed out the people who aren't going to like you, want someone showing up in your showroom who you don't jive with, you know, my personality uh, is not for everybody. My leadership style is, uh, echoed throughout my team, you know, it's my vision. So isn't it great to disqualify some people? Because you can waste a lot of time working with someone who's not a good fit. Yeah, exactly right. And talk about the best way to build trust with who the in-group is by showing that in-group that there is an out-group to, to be outside, right? To 
you, you nailed the, the topics that you needed to talk about to build trust. You talk about the problems of your products. You talk about what they're going to cost them and what they're going to cost them throughout the journey of owning the thing. And then you talk about really who you are and aren't a good fit for as a marina too. So I see your videos as being one of the best educational tools that you're educating an industry, not just your business. And I bet your competitors are starting to get excited about showing people those same pieces of information because they, they do build trust on such a crazy plane. Now, before we wrap up this conversation, I want to ask you a big question, Sean. Is there anything in the last six or seven months that you think you could share with our audience that is maybe that smaller side that doesn't have the crazy big budget to do this and anything you do differently or anything you definitely do again to make sure that you're making the most out of your time and your budget that you, that you really are investing in this? Because I think you're such a great testament to the fact that there is no such thing as too small and there's no such thing as, as too low of budget to start to make effective content and become the second largest uh, boating marina educational spot on, on the internet. What would you tell those people? Well, I would say, um, you know, plant this as soon as you can plant the seed with your team. If you think you might want to do it you know, share with your team, whether it's, you know, if you have an internal Facebook group or you have some other means newsletter, you know, some of the stuff that we talk about, the, the uh, Mozilla companies or the, the um, uh, Yale appliances, uh, which is awesome, by the way, and helped me buy the right dishwasher the other day. Um, and, and, or, and impact and river pools and spas um, and get them kind of getting their head around what that might look like. And, and get them excited about it because it's a lot easier to lead with them all walking with you than trying to pull them along. So the first thing I would do is, uh, is try to figure out a way to get them involved in the idea of video marketing. And uh, the other thing that I would say is, um, you know, experiment probably first off with some one-to-one -one video. Um, we did a lot of one-to-one -one video in our sales process um, and we always get kudos on that, that, you know, uh, I'll hear someone in the retail space working with one of my salesmen and, um, you know, I'll see it get logged in the CRM. And if I haven't had an opportunity to meet them because I was on a conference call or I'm working with someone else, on my team, I'll make a one-to-one -one video and say, Hey, I'm Sean, the owner of Lenscope. And, uh, I overheard you working with one of my team and, I just want to know I'm here too. Um, I'm going to be part of the whole process. I'm, I'm going to help be here to take care of you. And it's my name on the door and it's me going home at night that, you know, and, and living with the decisions that we make to help your experience better. So I just want to know I was here. Uh, those videos are super well received. They're really easy to do and they're free. Um, so experiment with it. Get yourself really comfortable on camera and one-to-one -one video is probably the easiest way to do it. Do you have any tips and things that you did to make yourself or others feel a bit more comfortable? One of the tips that I have for making others feel more comfortable is figure out a way to do, uh, and I haven't done this yet. So bear in mind, I think this will work. Not <laughs> I know this will work, but I'm going to start. Uh, and I got the idea from, from the Metal Roofing Channel. So he does the interview style where he takes an expert and does an interview. And I'm going to start doing that with my team because I, the first few videos that we did with other team members, it was a struggle. Uh, it was a struggle to get them comfortable. It was a struggle to get them on board. And and Dave's getting a little better because we've been doing some stuff together. We did some shooting at the boat show. And once we started doing it together, I saw the comfort level improve. So I think that would really help people get, get comfortable. As far as 
myself, just repetition. You just got to keep doing it. The first, when I look back at the first video, I'm, I cringe a little bit, you know, and the first ones are going to be those. And those will be the ones in a year or two you remake, you know, and you can get rid of them and, and dump them. But, and the other thing I would say is, um, you know, figure out a way for your personality, one of the, the, to come across. Will, you know, I made Will laugh all the time when we were on phone calls. Um, and he's like, I got, we got to get that on video somehow. And it took a while for, you know, it to feel natural enough. So if it doesn't look like you keep going until it looks like you and sounds like you and you, when you look at it, you're probably not the best judge of when you're looking at it, but perhaps your spouse or your friends, you know, well, today has been an awesome episode. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us. If anybody has any questions, other companies who are getting started, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, best way is, it can be any way. Um, if you go to our website, it's uh, lenscove.com. And, you know, whether you phone or you, uh, you know, text me or email me, I'm happy to, I'm happy to work with anyone who has some questions. I actually had the pleasure of speaking a little bit about it at that same conference that I uh, met Marcus. I spoke at it this December and actually had a 10-minute session with all the North American dealers where I sung your praises. So um, ha totally happy. Uh, and I had some people from that reach out and ask some questions. Once you start doing it, you start to, your, your focus shifts and you can start seeing what other businesses, like I, now when I, now I work with, you know, businesses and buying stuff for myself, I think, you know, you have a real opportunity here. And, and I can <laughs> kind of start to see that because I'm also a consumer, just like we all are. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and link that up in the show notes, uh, the website for Lens Cove. So if you're interested, you can reach out to Sean. So Sean, thank you for offering up advice for anybody who reaches out. And as always, if you have loved this episode, let us know. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't, if you want to stay in the know. Leave us some comments if you have some questions. And as always, we are super happy to help and dive in a little bit deeper. Until next time, we'll see you then.